This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. I'm going to refer to one thing earlier that I've taught on because it'll fit right in. You'll hear me from time to time in the lesson to lesson today, stinking thinking. In fact, I, I'm a, publicly, I'm going to go ahead and say it, I'm working, it'll probably take me another year or two to put it all in print. I'm writing a book on this book. It's just, the Lord has just impressed me so much because I've learned so much that I didn't know. I mean, I've, believe it, I'm not saying this to boast, but I'm on my 30th time cover to cover through this book, studying my 30th. Everywhere, every, the first four was just reading. Then I got, got into studying. But when I got to this book right here, it just, it just grabbed me, especially because just since someone my father had just passed, and it's been almost a year. But the titles, some of the titles, Burning Bridges, Chiseled in Stone, Changing Seasons, When the Dust Settles, Save Soul, Lost Life, The Race is On, Hung by the Tongue, The Blame Game, and today's lesson, Stinking Thinking. So it's been quite a, quite a journey for me. But I'll refer to a lot of times in the lesson, you know, you see the six. Well, I see the nine. And if you look at this right here, what do y'all see? Six. I see a nine. And there's nothing you can do to convince me that I don't see a nine. And, but you say, you've determined, you see this. We, we see, the, see things differently in this life with everybody. And just because somebody sees something different, the, the, the it, arguments start over that. I may see the nine, you see a six. And that's how life is with everything. We all live by what we believe. We all live by what we think in our brains, what we put in our brains, and that's how we live and conduct our lives. And every one of us are the same and every one of us are different. You live differently. An opinion is not a conviction. The pastor said that before. Convictions are... Uh, or things that God has laid on your heart, you know it's right or wrong. Now, doctrine, this whole book from cover to cover, I'll take a stand on that. There's, you know, I'll constantly, if, 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 if I see the nine, this is a nine to me and it's not going to change. And you can't convince me. A lot of people, like the pastor said before, try to make it fit in their life and those scriptures out there without reading it in context. But I'm gonna, uh, we're going to be mainly in Ecclesiastes starting in... Uh, chapter 10, but I'm going to read a few verses that leading up to that. And uh, it's going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I start with this most of every lesson out of Ecclesiastes because the book, the entitled book is Life Under the Sun While We're Alive. You know, the best that we can do, knowing that there is a God in heaven that will judge everything, bring everything into judgment, good or bad or whatever it is, and we're and we know we can all agree on one thing, and there's no six and there's no nine, is we're all going to die. There ain't no ifs, ands, and buts about that. I mean, we all are going to die. And so then is the judgment, but how do we live and what we choose to do while we're here? Man's life under the sun. That's what this whole book is about. And God don't want us to be browbeating people about. He wants us to enjoy life, to eat, to drink, to be married, to make, to make friends, to shake hands, to love loved ones, to, to share love and enjoy things on this earth because when we're gone, it's over. No more work, no more nothing, nothing left. 
So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So the rest of those verses right there fall under that one verse. In fact, this whole book falls under that one verse. To everything, there's a season. And in verse 11, he says, He hath made everything beautiful, if you look at that close, in his time. We may be, we may live and want this and want that. Lord, save them, save them, do this and do that. But it's not his time. He, do, he works in his time and he's made it that way so that we can't see the beginning of his work to the end. It's impossible. And, uh, we could, we're not going to figure God out. Sometimes I want him to move so bad in my life. And, and in times past, I have questioned him. In times past, I have said, why? But I've never said, you know, why did you let this happen in anger? I said, Lord, why is all this happening? Why is this going on in my own heart? But I go back to what you can say. He's made everything beautiful in his time. He's got it all in control. He's got it from the beginning to the end. We can't see the end. Sometimes we can, but most of the time we can't. And he set the word in our hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And verse 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, and nothing can, can be taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. A whole lot of people don't fear before God. They really don't. And so those are... So now we're going to flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. This is where I left over last time. And uh, let's see. Verse 3 of chapter 9. Oh, verse 2. This is Solomon talking. I don't want to go back to the other scriptures in the back, but God said that Solomon was the wisest man in the entire world at that time. He said, and he also made that statement, well, I've got the scriptures for it, that there'll never be another one that matched his wisdom. Kings from all over the earth came just to listen to the man speak because of his wisdom. And so that's what intrigued me to, to, to get deep into this book because, you know, it's, 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 it's a teach, he's a teacher. And to learn who God says was the wisest man that ever walked this earth, that I, I gravitated to that. And, and it's uh, kind of a depressing book in a way because it's all about it at the beginning. He says, everything in life is vanity. And vanity is your work and your work and your toil and your toil and your suffering, your suffering, a little bit of happiness and all this stuff. You work, 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 fight, feud, carry on and everything else. And you have a little bit of hope and then bam, you're dead. And your life is nothing but a tombstone written, chiseled in stone, your name. You walk to a cemetery, you look at thousands and thousands of people. And there's somebody, there's somebody, there's a life. Nobody knows nothing about them. Nobody knows anything about their memories that they had. Even my dad right now, he had a lot of memories. He made a lot of memories when he was a woman. But, but his memories are buried. I don't know his memories. I know mine. I make memories every single day. I've tried to, to do something for my family every single day and make a memory. But in 50 years, it's going to be chiseled in stone in a tombstone somewhere and forgotten forever. I mean, just think about it. And this is in this book, too. Is you go back a generation, one generation comes and the other one passes, and you don't know a thing about them. Nothing. Two generations ago, I don't even know. I barely know my grandfather's name. is John. But his father, I know, I don't know his name. I don't know what he did. I don't know where he worked. I don't know if he was saved. I don't know nothing about them. And, you know, 
another generation from now, that's going to be us. Chiseled in stone and a tombstone and nobody's going to know. So what do we do with our life? What little bit of time we have here, what do we do with it? Are we fussing? Are we feuding? Are we winning? So what are we doing? Because sometime we're all going to die. That's one event that we're not going to escape. So verse chapter 9, verse 2. All things come alike and there's one event. This is death. I mean, this whole book is about, hey, it's coming for every one of us. That event is coming. It don't matter if you're rich or you're poor. The race is on to the grave. To the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to the to him that sacrifices and to him that sacrifices not. I look at that as today. To him that goes to church and to him that don't. To him that has and to him that don't. You know, I put it in perspective as the time that they were because it's all about one event. And to him that's, and, and, and so is to the sinner as him that sweareth and him that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. That there is one event to all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is that their heart, while they live, and after that they go to the dead. What do they do with it? Some people just die and they just slip right off into eternity into hell and there's no more work. Nobody can come back to them. They can't come back to us. They're gone. Buried. Their soul is buried. Their body's in the ground. Enough. For him that is joined to the living, verse 4, there is hope. And that's what that, 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 that verse, if you look at that, you, you might, some people, I've given up on some people before, but I quit giving up on people. Because if they're breathing, they've got hope. If there's a breath in their body, unless they're brain dead or in a coma, and they're in the brain, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about walking, living, breathing. If somebody has got breath in their body, they have hope. And God can do anything. But it's his time. So we lay our stuff at the altar. We lay our request at him and we beg and we plead. And see, a prayer is one thing. But uh, supplications, when you read in the Bible and you read through, through prayer and supplication, a prayer is you pray to God and you worship on supplications when you get in on you and beg God for something to move for a specific thing, for something special. You get your sins cleansed, you get your heart right, and you stand before God and say, oh God, I don't deserve it. But would you please move in this area? That's a supplication. When you, when you pour your heart out for something specific, specific and you just beg God to move. We all pray every day, but very few, very few times do we find ourselves with prayer and supplication. And so I just wanted, just throwing that in, I got to move on. Okay. Verse four again. For him that is joined to all living, there is hope. For a, lit, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. They can't do any more work. They can't come back and get... See, that's why he, that, that when it says... Now, I'll get, I'll get to that. So I'm brushing the head. So it said, let me read verse 9. Because the memory of them is forgotten. And the love and their hate and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more portion for anything under the sun. And uh, verse... This is... I'll, I'll get back starting on this lesson right after this word. Verse. Go thy way and eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart. 
For God now accepts your work. And if we go, let's see, to Romans chapter 16. Real quick, and then I'll move on, I promise you. Acts, Romans. When you look at that verse right there, that right now, while we're breathing, while we're alive, because once, we're, once, we're, once it's gone, once we lose our breath, God can't accept any more works. Our work is done. Our work here is done. It's gone. So the, the, even Solomon says, go now, God for God now, accept your work. Because he's talking about this one event that's coming to all. Okay, verse Romans chapter 16, verse 7. No, that ain't it. Hmm. I'm looking at a different one. I'm getting ahead of my lesson here. Hold on, guys. Let me see. I have to come back to that one. The verse, verse is, for, for now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And I can't, I'm, I've got it written down. I'm just getting ahead of myself in my lesson. I'm going to come to that Romans verse, though. But, but now is the accepted time while people are alive. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And... Uh, uh, let me see. I got, I got them all mixed up here. And anyway, we'll come back to that one. I think I will. I know I have it written down here. It's because there's a point I wanted to reach in there. Hold on. All right, well, we'll just come back to it. I do need to move on. Okay, we're still, we were just in number, in verse, t- now we're going to go to, to chapter 10, and I'll cover briefly what we did last week, last time we taught, and then we'll jump right into some good stuff, because this is review leading up to the way we people are, have got so, so their stinking is so, their, their thinking is so messed up that it stinks. See, if you look at chapter 10, verse 1, and I, I did cover this last time, but I'm going to cover. I'm going to briefly cover it again. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. The apothecary is a pharmacist, and back then that, the, the pharmacist made the colognes, he made the perfume, and he made the different things that that people wear that smell nice, the flowers and all. I'm, and I said this last time: if you step in dog poop and you smell it like that, and you go somewhere, you can put on all the cologne you want. But if you come into a building where people are, they're going to say, man, it's, it's, you, know, it, you can't cover it up. And what he's talking about here as you, we get deeper in the lesson is, is you can tell somebody that's got nothing but mischief on their mind when they come into the room. You can tell. You can tell by their face. You can tell by their... And, and it just causes a stench that, you know, especially if they've got a history in their life of do causing nothing but trouble you kind of avoid them. And so, verse verse 10, so doth a little folly, that is in the reputation of wisdom and honor. Say, for instance, if you saw the pastor, out there on somebody pulls in there and, and backs into his truck, he goes out to church and just lays a cussing on him like a sailor. We ain't going to forget that. Well, we got just a little slip on him. 
You see, if I slip, you're going to know, hey, he slipped. He's just a bunch of, somebody that's got a big reputation of, of a little bit, I mean just a little bit of smell, you go, it's, it's going to stink. It really will. And it hurts a lot of people. He, the responsibility that man has on his life, if he slips, he can hurt a whole lot more people than if I slip because they expect me to slip, until, especially if I'm working on cars. They expect it, but not him. I mean, he's not that he's perfect or anything. It's that, that that's how people are. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they point fingers instead of looking in the mirror. Okay. Verse 2, a wise man's heart is in his right hand, but a fool in his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by, his wisdom faileth him. See, everybody believes that they're right, and that's why they live. And a fool that walks around causing nothing but trouble, they think they're right. They really do think they're right. And you look at him and say, he keeps doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and it never works out. It never works out for him. So what he believes and what he thinks is wrong, but you can't tell him because he's seeing the six. And you, you just can't tell him. You can't say, hey, that's not going to work, even though they drive off the same bridge every day, every day, drive off, never work, never get ahead, never do nothing, never, and just, just a total failure in life. But they walk around smiling and looking around like, like that, like, and tried to give advice to people. And that's the worst thing you can do is take advice from somebody who, who, who's a failure. And uh, let's go on. Okay, verse 3 again. Yea, also when the, he that is a fool walketh by his wisdom faileth him and saith to everyone that he's a fool. You can tell. You don't have, and that's what, that's another thing about judging. You drive by a cornfield, you don't have to jump out and say, that's corn. You're nothing but corn. No, when a fool walks by, you don't have to go out and judge him and point fingers. His actions identify him as a fool. And you can say, man, Lord, help him. Lord, help him. Not judge him. Not point. You just avoid him. And here's, here's what we're talking about here. Now we're going to go back to the, to the Romans that verse that we had. Romans 16. Let's jump back to that real quick. This, and I'm, I'm going to move on pretty fast after this. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division. Didn't say hate them, didn't say judge them, didn't say we pray for them, but mark them which have cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine you have learned and avoid them. You know why? See, pigs don't know pigs stink. They stink because they're all together in the pen and all. But you go walking through and slopping through a pig pen, when you come out, you're going to smell like the hogs. I don't care how much cologne you put on. you got to bathe and wash that stuff off. And I'll get into that with the word in a minute. So when you start rubbing shoulders or get around somebody, they're, you're, you're not, that you cannot convince they're wrong, it's going to rub off on you because, man, did you believe what he did? I can't believe what he said. And by habit, we, 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 we I guess you call it gossip by habit. Man, but just the, so, so the Bible says, hey, go ahead and mark them. Don't let them disturb you. Don't let them dis destroy what's good. Set them to the side and say, hey, that's enough. Okay? But that's scripture. The Bible doesn't say, 
be mean to us. Says avoid that, man, because you're going to end up. The, you, no matter how much you put on you, you it's going to it's going to rub off on you. Okay, the spirit of a ruler rises up, verse four, against thee. Leave not that place for yielding pacifieth great offenses. You put somebody in office that's in the governor, and uh, all of a sudden he's, they want to pass something. Let me tell you something. Oh, say, the, say, the, say they come up with the preacher and said, okay, we're going to have all the churches now. We ain't going to be, nobody's going to do a Bible anymore. This is what you're going to teach. You know what? A whole lot of us going to go to jail with that man. When the spirit of a ruler rises up and make, but you got a lot of people in this country that will yield to that. We're in trouble, folks. This world is in trouble. We're in trouble. We need to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray that you know. That's one thing I question God all the time about. Why did you put him in office? How? What do you? How is that? But it's all. He makes everything beautiful in his time. Even well, uh, better not. <laughs> I want too bad. But I came from here. Maybe when I'm not teaching. Okay, let's go down to uh, verse 8. And this is talking about somebody that envies, that tries, uh, that, that, try, that tries to set you up, that tries to take you down, that tries to, to build a... To, hey, I think, did you hear that? Hey, he's trying to destroy you and you're trying to work so hard. None of us are perfect. We're going to slip. We're going to fail. We're going to, but that's what the blood's for. That's what the cross is for. But you try so hard and somebody tries to, here, here we go. Let's, this is really cool here. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. I mean, you set up a trap for me and I'm right. I know I'm right. I mean, I'm living right. My sins are, I haven't done what you accused me of. I haven't done anything. That's going to backfire on whoever's digging the pit for me and he's going to fall right in it because people know that, know me. I mean, they know, they know I've got a line. I'm not going to be immoral about anything. And I'm not saying I can't because I'm not going to say that. That'll never happen to me. But let me tell you something. I'm in this word every single day of my life. I pray to God every single day. Lord, put this head, protect me. And I believe God will. The minute, the minute I decide that I'm not going to get, read the word and I'm going to, I'm all, yeah, I'll do this, do that, and do, then I'm going to fall. But he that diggeth a pit shall fall in it. Whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. You can see the pit that's been put for you. You say, yeah, yeah, there's trouble. Just watch him. Watch him. All of a sudden, it starts to flare up. He's digging the pit. Okay, you come up and you put the hedge up. Okay, so others don't fall into the hedge. You build the hedge so, hey, okay, so, oh, it's a danger. The signals are flying. And so you, you put your hedge up so you can walk around the pit. You know, you get around the pit. So he's going to try something different and he's going to try to start tearing down the, the heads that you put up some kind of way and, and the Lord's going to send a serpent, not little, little snake. He, he's not talking about little. If you look at the context of this here, he's talking about troublemakers. It'll backfire on them. Now, if we've done wrong, if I've done wrong, I deserve to get bit. I, I should be. But I'm wise enough to, to see the pit that's been dug for me I, and to build my hedge and watch somebody else get bit by the snake. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. I'm Before I fall, I'm going to my brother. Say, help me. I've got this facing me. 
I need some help. You go to, you go to the top. Go to somebody that can. Go to Brother David. I've gone to him a thousand, well, at least 15 times. I need you to pray with me, brother. This is happening. You know, you can see the hedge being trying to be tore down that God has put around you. And it's easy to fall into the trap. And He's helped me more times than none. Avoid the pit that was dug for me. So just the whole lesson about it is be wise. When troublemakers come, you can identify. You watch them. They're digging the pit. They'll fall in it. Just give them time. They'll fall in it. They'll say something. They'll do something. And sooner or later, they're going to be in their own pit and they're going to get bit by the snake. Okay. Let me I gotta see, move on here. And so whoso removeth the stone shall be hurt therewith. That's the same concept, context of what we're talking about. And he that... Cleaveth the wood shall be endangered by what there. Now here we're going to move on here. This is pretty cool here too. This is this is meat here for you fellows and ladies. If you listen to what this man is telling us here, this is just a powerful, powerful verse right here. He's not talking of, he's talking about the axe. He's talking about the axe head, but that's not what he's really talking about. He's using a paraphrase. If the iron be blunt and he that does not wet the edge, there must be put more strength. Must be put to more strength. But wisdom profiteth to direct. What he's talking about here is, is, is if you're cutting wood and your axe gets dull, you gotta sharpen it to split the wood. But what he's talking about in your life, if you get out of the word, you get away from God, and you keep, you, you, all of a sudden you just find yourself negative. It's going to take you more effort to get back right with God than it is if you just keep it sharp. For instance, if you're planting a garden, weeds start to grow. If you don't start pulling the weeds, you don't start pulling the weeds pretty soon. The weeds are going to overtake the garden, and you say, it ain't worth it. Too much work. Too much. Just let it go. Let it choke it out. And that's how our lives is. We get so far away spiritually from, from the throne that we, that, that, that you, you just, oh, I guess God just, it's just no use. He, God ain't, God's not going to listen to me. You know, and still, that's a lie. See, say, say the devil has come to seek and to, to, to seek whom he may devour. The Son of Man has come to seek, to save the lost. So you got two seekers there. You got Satan that's coming to seek to devour, and you got the Holy Spirit that's coming seeking who, to, to save who's lost. Greater is He that's in you. Now it's, it's all every single day. It's not anointing time. It's every single. I mean, we can pray, and we're, we're it's not talking about salvation. But for every day, God's not going to be on you and and move. It's just not going to be that way. And I'll get to that. Well, I might not get to that one, today, but that's, that's coming in chapter 11. And that's a big time thing. The Holy Spirit is so real. And you can't tell when He's going to come. And you can't tell when He's going to go. But He's coming. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. And He's right there. Just reach out. But if we get away and our axe gets blunt, then we got to come back. Oh, Lord. What a, you got to cram it in. Get And, and oh, there's so much more work. So... Let me see. I'll go here. 
Okay, here we go. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I know most of you, some of y'all know this verse, but I'm going to read it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is talking about going back to that axe, going back to that blunt head. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So if you, that's, this is how we as Christians wet our edge on our axe that we carry around in this life to fight off Satan. The Word of God. It's not about anything we can do. It's just not. We have, we're powerless against the need. It's a spiritual warfare and we can't win on our own. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Lord can convict us when we're wrong. He knows when our heart is right and ready to wet the edge. And He knows that when you get around somebody that's, that's, that's troubling and you start quoting Scripture, it's going to pierce them. They'll either conviction or take over or they'll leave. Because your, 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 your edges, you'll give them wet your edge. Your axe is wet. It's sharpened. Then any two-edged sword, able to divide, cut asunder, discern the heart. And He knows our heart. God knows our heart. And you wet the edge of your axe with this Word. And you, you, there's, there's nothing that can defeat you. I mean, what, who can defeat what God has said? If God said it, you stand on it. And, you, and there it is. You proclaim it. Lord, this is what you said. Now, it'll be good in your time when you do it, but I'm standing on this Word. I'm standing on this Word. You said you would do it. It's, it's in your time. It's going to be beautiful. Not my time. There it is. And uh, I said this last time in Second Peter, the Bible says, cast all your care on Him. He cares for you. And uh, let, me fin- let me move on here. Okay. Verse 11. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Now, what that is, is you could be walking to somebody and they could smile and at the same time be stabbing you in the back and bite you. Because you, you let them in just a little bit and you share something with you and the first thing they do is they go home and get on Facebook, they get home instead of saying, well, I'll help you pray for that brother. I'll help you, I'll pray with you. Oh, you, 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 let me tell you something. Somebody comes to me, say, would you pray for me? Let me tell you something. Unless they say, Tell someone, I'm, I'm going to the throne and it's right there. And I'm going I'm to I'm call the blood down. I'm going to call the power of the Holy Spirit down. Let me tell you something. When you kneel and God can see that the sun, the heart, when you kneel, the blood's falling. That's a song. When I knelt, the blood fell. When you kneel, the blood's going to fall. When y'all kneel, let me tell you something. If you kneel and your heart has been discerned, the blood's coming. And there's enough to cleanse everything and fix everything. He didn't shed it for, for granted. It's powerful. The blood is real. And when you kneel with a clean heart and a good heart, 
and you, you and you take a prayer request to the Lord, and you and you and you and it's a supplication. The blood's going to fall. It's available, and it don't take much, because God God knows our hearts. All right, let's see. I've got a few more minutes here. Okay. I'm going to throw in a little story here. There was a ship out on the water, out on the ocean, that began to sink. It was a big old viper, snake. Some of y'all may have heard the story. That was in the ship, and the ship went down. The men drowned, but the snake was sitting there floating on the water. Bad viper. All of a sudden, a turtle came along. This is a fable. Snake said, okay, can you give me a ride? Can, can you let me float on you to get to shore? I'm going to drown out here. I can't swim like that long. He said, I ain't going to do that. He said, you're going you're to bite me and we're going to both die. He said, no, I, I promise you. I won't bite you. Just get me to shore. So the turtle said, okay, I'll let you. Snake hopped up on the turtle and it was a long journey in. They get to the shore and that snake reached up and bit that turtle in the neck and the turtle died. And while he was dying, the snake goes, I thought you said you wouldn't bite me. He said, well, that's what snakes do. They bite. Isn't that crazy? That's, but that, that's, a fable, that's a fable story. It's a couple of little things. He said, well, you told me you weren't going to bite me. Well, I'm a snake. That's all in context of what we're here. Let's go to... Uh, Psalms chapter 58 for, for a minute. And I'm, I've got one more thing to develop and I'm going to have to, then I'll get into the, man, that's a good chapter. Number 11 is coming up, man. I'm telling you, that's a, whew. All right, let's go. I'm not going to be able to finish. Psalms chapter 58. I've got it written down. I'll, let's see. Just talk about the snake there. Verse 58, verse 1. Let's start there. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, ye sons of men? Yea, your heart work, ye worketh wickedness and weigh in violence in your own hand, your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb as soon as they go astray and as soon as they are born speaking lies. Let's talk about the average person. Their poison is like poison of a serpent. This is talking about troublemakers. This whole chapter here, I'm reading out of context because I didn't want to have to read the whole chapter before it. This is talking about troublemakers. The poison is like the poison of a serpent, and they are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. What he's saying is some people, they are just naturally troublemakers. No matter what you say, no matter what you share to them, no matter how many times you tell them wrong, they'll go, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord, let's go down to the altar and pray. Oh, Lord, just, oh, I ain't going to do that no more. Thank you. I appreciate you forgiving me. And they get on the turtle and ride out the door here. Next thing you know, the first person they see, they bite them. Because they're snakes. That's how they are. Okay. Now, I'm going to get on here. Let's see. Let me jump ahead because I'll give you a little preview of what's coming next time. 
because I'm on, this is just this is just a taste. I'm telling you, this is really, really powerful. Cast your bread, verse 11, chapter 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, and thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil is upon the earth. I don't want to have time to get into the New Testament of, of a story that's in there. But if you, if I, if, if I with a good heart help you, I have a good heart help you. I with a good heart help you. I with a good heart help you. I with a good heart help you. And I give, and I give, and I give. I may never need nothing. But the second that I do, no, brother, not today. Oh, sure. There's so much bread out on the water. There's so much giving and thankfulness from a good heart. Not for, for a gain. Not from, you've, you've done so much and you've sowed so many seeds. Somewhere out there, there's somebody that's going to help you in your time of need. God will provide. God will send them. God knows our heart. We're going to get into that the next time. How you, you know, you, whatever man does, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever good thing that you do to another person, God said He would do that for you. And I'm going to get that. We're going to get to that. Okay. But anyway, let's see. I'm going to have to finish here shortly. I can't, I got lost my Ecclesiastes. Let's see. All right, let's keep on going for a second because we're going to go back to where, what I was talking about earlier in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. It doesn't matter what the weather looks like. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Keep giving. It doesn't just just keep giving yourself. Because here's why: as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, and that's what I said earlier. You don't you stay anointed. The Holy Spirit comes where He wants to come. But if He comes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready for Him. I want to I want to be so right with the Lord when He comes. Here I am, Lord. I felt that breeze. Thank you, Lord. And you, you can feel it, but if we're all hung up on stuff, the Holy Spirit can come on by and trouble our waters and you won't even know He's been by. If the clouds be full... Let me, no, let me see. Verse 5 again. Thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, you knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So in the morning, so ye seed, and in the evening... Withhold not thy hand, for I know it's not what's going to prosper, either this or that, whether they both shall be good. Here we're going to finish up with this. Here's the deal. Life is this way. We're talking about life under the sun. Life while we're alive. Once we're dead, we're nothing but a name on a tombstone, chiseled in stone there, and it's just a name, and in 50 years, nobody will know a thing about what we love, what we like, what we hate. Nobody will know a thing about anything of that. But while we're here, everybody's, we're brought, that is work, 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 work. Enjoy yourself. Have some pleasure. Have a little fun and die. Every one of us got a, got an appointment with death. And let's, let's go back to chapter three again. And that's what this whole book is about. The best that we can do while we're living. Because there's coming a time when we can't work, when we can't sow, when we can't come back. And we can't come back from the grave and find out the finish. They can't come to us and tell us, hey, hey, 
you were right on this, you were right on it. No, it's gone forever. Just like my dad. Every single memory he ever had and he made in his brain, every one of them, all of his memories, every one of them, he made a lot of them. But they're gone forever. They're buried. I don't know his memory. I know I've made some of my memories with him, but all of his memories are forever chiseled in stone. Nothing but a name. So the point being with that, the best that we can do, knowing there is a God, and He's going to bring every single thing into judgment, whether it's good or bad, knowing that we need to be the best that we can do while we're alive. Because, let me tell you, it's coming faster than we realize. You can't tell if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. You can't tell if you're going to be alive tomorrow. What's it going to be like? We don't really know, but we do know that, the, that this wise man said that we do know that the righteousness is in the hands of God and, and wickedness will not deliver those that are given to it. First chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there's a season. Everything and a time and a purpose under heaven. In verse 11 again, He hath made everything beautiful in His time, not ours. We may never see it. We may never know. We'll go question, why did this happen? Why is this? We don't know. It's not for us. It's for Him. He's made everything beautiful in His time. We just need to, hey, let go. Here, Lord. I'm going to stand on this. Just what you said. I'm turning all my care on to you. In uh, verse 14, and I'll finish with this one. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, and nothing can be taken from it. For God doeth it, that men should fear before Him. And one final thing, and this is how I'm going to end up on this whole thing. And I've got about four more lessons on this, but here we go. The last thing. Let's go to the last verse of the book. Verse 12. I say this all the time. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. And I'm finished, I promise you. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Let me tell you something. Saved or lost, there's payday coming. Good or bad, you might live to be 90. What's that in a hundred years? A name on a tombstone. So the point with all of this is do right. Do good. Know your Savior. Know what He's coming. Know, know everything. See, you see the six? I see a nine. I can't convince you that you don't see a six. I see a nine. We just see things differently. Doesn't mean you're wrong, but I'm not wrong because I see a nine. And when, as we talk to the list, you see a six. It's not a six, Miss Inez. It's a nine. We just don't argue about it. Hey, you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. As long as it's not against the book, I gotta quit. This fun to me, it's fun studying this book because I, I, I'm gonna have to stop. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.